Welcome to How Travel Writers Self-Publish. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book written, self-published, and marketed to a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. If you're a travel writer, chances are you've already got a travel blog out there. And today we're joined by Jack Scott, and he's going to share with us tips and advice on how to use your blog to promote your book. We're chatting about how to get more mileage out of your blog post, using your content as a lead generator, as a promotional tool for your main book. And then we're also going to look at the value of guest posts, the value of promoting lightly, and the value of blogging for increased SEO, and the importance of having a unique angle for your travel book. So Jack's the author of two memoirs about his relocation from the UK and integration into the Turkish culture. His first book was Perking the Pansies and Turkey Street was the follow-up. So today we're going to be discussing how to use your blog to promote your book. And Jack's going to be sharing his top tips about how a blog and its content can make an effective book promotion tool. So Jack, before we get started, can you just give us a little bit of an overview of how you came to write your two memoirs? Sure, yes. Um, I'm an accidental writer. This is what I always say. Um, I had never intended to write. That's not kind of my background. But when my husband and I went to live in Turkey, within about six months, I got a bit bored. And and I thought, well, I need to occupy my time. I need to do something. Right, I started this blog called Perk and the Pansies, and um, I thought nobody would read it. I thought it would just be a kind of little diary for me to keep a memoir of, of, of our um, encounters. But it became very popular. I even got mentioned in the national press in Turkey. And, and it, you know, it, it got me to thinking. And people said to, said to me, well, there might be a book in this. Is there might be something here that you could could write about because we quite like your writing, you're quite funny. So why don't you give it a go? So that's essentially how it happened. So I wrote the blog. The blog was 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 about a year old when I started compiling some of the blog posts, not all of them, and compiling them into a book, sent that off to a publisher. And lo and behold, they said, yeah, we quite like this. Uh, we'll publish it for you. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. So when you started writing your blog and then decided to write a book, did your blog writing kind of evolve or change because you knew you had that, that idea of a book in your mind? It kind of didn't, actually, because I think maybe subconsciously when I was writing the blog, because I was writing, if you like, an expose of expat life, that lent itself very handily to a book. There were two main angles, really, to the blog and also the book, is that, that one of the main angles was that we were a gay couple living in a Muslim country. And that's an unusual angle. Not many people have written about that. And secondly, we found ourselves surrounded by, by and large, some nice people, but they weren't all nice. And uh, we found ourselves hitting up against a degree of intolerance and homophobia from the expat community, not the Turkish community, which is ironic, really. So that was kind of my angle, really. But what became important distinction between the blog and the book is the blog was, if you like, a series of discreet posts about our experiences. Fairly random sometimes. It wasn't always about the people around us. Sometimes it was about visits that we went to and trips that we took. But the book even though it's a memoir, it couldn't simply be a series of blog posts. It had to have a sort of structure to it. So even though it was a memoir, it had to read as if it were a novel. And that was a very important lesson. So in fact, I had to take, if you like, the diary entries represented in the blog 
and then weave them and rewrite them into something which which was structured in such a way as to be presented as a book that people might want to read. Can you tell me a bit more about how you got mileage out of your blog content? Because I know you've self-published a couple of other books. Um, there was a two ebook volumes of the best of the blog and you also did kind of a a travel related ebook that you published yourself so can you tell us how you came up with those ideas and the approach and how you brought those to market yourself well they were the kind of ideas that that I thought of myself really after the first book was published we were still living in turkey and I wanted to promote the book I wanted people to buy it I'd already built up quite a large network of people who wanted to buy the book Obviously, I wanted to keep that kind of thing going. And I had a whole body of work, a whole body of posts that went back years by that stage. And I guess what a lot of blockers don't think about is how valuable that is or valuable that can be, depending on the type of book they're trying to promote, that they've got a whole rich seam of information that they may have at their disposal. And maybe bloggers think that once you've published a post, that's kind of the end of it. Once it's, as I say, once it's, once it's read, it's dead. That's not true necessarily. So in order to keep the book, the memoir, which was my main event, really, to keep it going in this kind of marketing sense, the first idea I had was to republish the blog posts into a two-volume set. One was about Turkey, the other was about the expats. And it was a diary. It was simply a production of the blog post. I did go through them. I did edit them. And I did. there are some posts I didn't publish and there were some additional bits that I added. So I self-published those. Firstly, actually to experiment with the whole self-publishing market to see, because I didn't have any skills in this area. I didn't know what you did. And actually, by producing those books as e-books, I've never published them as paperbacks. And the second point was to promote the memoir. What actually happened is they also took off a bit and they became quite popular. And so I made a bit of money out of selling them relatively cheaply as ebooks. So I was very pleased about that. But one of the bits of advice I give to people who want to promote their book is that you can do that and use it as a marketing tool. If you take the blog posts and then you reconstruct them into a book, you can give them away for free as a maybe a freebie. When people buy your book, give them the, the ebook. It's a nice little touch. So one of the things you could do if you have a, a large body of work is to reproduce and republish your blog posts as ebooks and even in paperback now with things like CreateSpace and give them away or sell them at a small cost or discount them in some way. So that's one way in which you can market your primary book. So in my case, that was the memoir as a way of supplementing that. That kind of worked for me. By buying the two ebooks that I wrote, that actually, I think, led to sales of the main memoir and then the second memoir. So I, I think that worked quite well. So that was one tool that I used. Another tool I used was that I had written quite a lot about, because it wasn't all just gossip about the expat experience. It was also, I did write quite a bit about the trips we took. While we were living in Turkey, we took the opportunity to explore the country a bit. Uh, and I had written blog posts about that. Two things that I did there. The first was that I started entering travel competitions. So, for example, I wrote a few blog posts around Istanbul and our experiences in Istanbul and what to see and what to do. I, I took those posts. I revised them into one travel competition, which I didn't win, but it did give me publicity. So people who previously perhaps were unaware of me became aware of me because I was, if you like, piggybacking on the back of the competition. I then entered a second 
competition and it was about Lycia, which is a very, very beautiful part of Turkey, and entered the competition, again, a travel competition about a particular area, giving a particular angle, my view of, of it, what to, go, what to do, what not to do, what to see, what not to see. And that did win. But that wasn't the main purpose. The purpose wasn't necessary to win, although it was a lovely, lovely surprise. It's to publicise your work. Because at the bottom of your of your competition entries, you will put links in there back to your blog or to your website or whatever it may be in order to promote. And people will link back and they will see, okay, I quite like this article. It clearly has an interesting way of writing if, you're, if it appeals to you. And that might prompt them to buy the book. It's a good thing. Then thirdly, what I did was I did take all the travel articles I did on Turkey while we were traveling around and then compiled them into a paperback and uh, an ebook, which I then again self-published. And uh, it's done quite well. You know, it's my particular quirky view of Turkey. Again, that helps to promote my writing. It promotes, therefore, my book by, by implication. And it drives people, has driven people back to my website where they've seen I've done other things. They've read some of my work. They think, well, yeah, I'll give this book a go. Why not? you're creating more and more books and you have your website. How do you manage all of that content so that you're going out with one consistent message and you're trying to get all of the pieces of the puzzle working together? So how did you, how did you approach that? It's all been fairly organic, really. The two memoirs, the two main events, if you like, were written some time ago now. The Perk and the Pansies came out in 2010. Where are we now? 2017. Uh, it's still selling consistently, which I'm very pleased about. It's kind of taken on a sort of momentum of its own. Um, I'm now moved on. So actually, at my main event these days, is earning a reasonable living from publishing other people's books as a niche publisher for expat publications. So in a sense, I've evolved from a blogger to an author and now to a publisher. But it's high, kind of happened in a really evolutionary way. And I've tried all sorts of things. I don't have a particular marketing plan. I don't sit down with a piece of paper and say, I'm going to do this, this, and this. This is not how I work. I tend to work organically. And the other thing was I was going to mention, which I have done with, to help promote me and the books, is to write articles, not competitions necessarily articles, but just articles for other bloggers. Everybody's always looking for content. So if you offer your services as a writer to provide material and content for somebody else's blog in general terms they're going to say yeah and of course in return they will provide links back to your your blog you need to be a generous person you need to provide and and you know you give to in a sense it's not the right moral aspect but you do give to receive in a sense you do have to play that game you know um, and be generous so write guest posts on other people's blogs allow people to write guest posts on your blog in return comment on people's blogs i would also say if you're going to promote a book do so lightly. There's nothing wrong with promoting your book, but if all you're doing is banging on about it constantly, people will become very bored and will be turned off. So so whatever promotion tools you use, use them lightly. Yeah, I think that's one of the key points about being an indie author. You can't do everything yourself. So collaboration is key. And doing those reciprocal arrangements of guest blog posts works really well. And if you're a writer, it's more or less effortless. It doesn't take you much to put 500 words together and a few links and, and you're done. And then you get mileage out of it and you you get to tap into other people's um, blog audience. You mentioned that you're doing publishing for other authors now and they're in the same niche Obviously, you recommend that they all have a author website because every author needs to have that, even if it's just a one page website. But do you also recommend that they start a blog if they haven't already got a blog? 
do say to people it would be great if you did start a blog because the the thing about blogging is that because you're constantly updating it it's new and fresh content and search engines love new and fresh content as opposed to static websites like an author website that doesn't change very often and so it kind of helps to get you up the ranking so that's really really good but of course you have to be reasonable with people not everybody wants to blog not everybody has the time to blog okay so i would recommend to people they do blog but don't beat themselves up about it people have busy lives if you can't mm-hmm. do it then don't do it because actually if you find it a chore and i don't i quite enjoy it but if you find it a chore you're not going to put any effort into it if you don't believe in your own writing nobody else is going to so don't just do it for the sake of it. Do it because it's you enjoy it, and then people will be interested in what you are interested in. That was kind of my main message to some of our authors. So some of our authors are wonderful, you know, really very proactive. They're, they're out there blogging, Facebooking, tweeting, all the rest of it. Others, they're not interested, so they don't. I would say, though, in, these, in this day of social media, that if you're not willing to engage with social media, you are really missing a trick, especially if you don't have a lot of money to spend on marketing, because it's mostly free. Why not do it? Did you join any communities related to memoirs or people moving to other countries or expats to try and tap into that audience and attract readers to your book or your blog? Yes, I did. And and what's uh, in, in certainly in Turkey, there are a number of expat forums or people who are interested in Turkey. They're not all expats. And, and I did join the largest one, which is the Turkish Living Forum. And that generated quite a lot of interest. It wasn't always positive, but it did provide publicity. People didn't know about me and um, some were attracted to buy the book. Some weren't, weren't. And that's fine. You know, but if people don't know about you... They're not going to buy the book anyway, are they? So as you're more intimately involved with publishing of memoirs and expats and people moving to other countries, is there any kind of insights or ways that you've seen the industry move or things for the future that might help other memoirists? Well, the main one, really, and I think I mentioned it earlier, is you need to have a unique angle. You know, you need to, ha- you need to say something which is different from what anybody said before or in a interesting country that nobody's written much about. One of the books that we carry is something called What About My Saucepans? And it's the story, it's quite old now, uh, the story of a, a middle-aged woman who relocated the Dominican Republic, where she met a young Dominican man, and, and they married and they, they live in, in, in the middle of nowhere. And there aren't many books about the Dominican Republic, and it was quite a dramatic book. Her life there has been quite dramatic. And it sold really well, but she had a specific angle that people are interested in. You know, most of our lives aren't that interesting to other people. The fact that you move to a country and you buy a house and you decorate that house and you learn to speak the, the local language, well, so what? You know, it's all been written before. So the, the important thing is to make sure you have an angle, a particular angle you think that people will find interesting. Does she blog? She does, yeah. Yeah? Did she blog before she wrote a book or was that something she started afterwards? She started the blog first, and hers is an interesting story because she, she became quite involved in Dominican politics. Her husband stood for election. Considering she came from a very comfortable, professional, middle-class life living in Britain, and then she finds herself in a third-world country. It is a third, where she's living, certainly third-world. No electricity can be guaranteed. No water can be guaranteed. That's quite an adjustment for people to make, which, which kind of – that's what made it interesting. When you're looking at writing blog content – 
Would you say that your blog content has to also support that unique angle or is there more flexibility and leeway in a blog that as long as the majority of it does, then the rest of it can be fluff around the outside? What do you think is the best approach for that? I think the latter, personally. But the reality is that most blogs I think, or most blogs I read, tend to be centred around some sort of theme. That's what people write about and they become authorities on that. And that may be, if that's where the book has emerged from, then obviously you're going con- to continue to write in that theme, and that's fine. If you've written your blog, and in within your blog are lots of material around to, to promote your book, that's fantastic. But it goes back to the earlier point, don't continually bang on about the book. Because if people are reading your blog because they find your life interesting, they're not necessarily reading the blog because you've written a book. So light touch, but of course, always keep an eye on the main event. So always bring back your blog to your main theme. So on the odd occasion, I do write about Turkey, even though I no longer live there. And sometimes I write posts about Norwich and reference back to Turkey, just to provide that quite subtle link, a subtle reminder. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up today, Jack? One of the things I, I did write down when you asked me uh, to do this, and um, you want to make it easy for people to buy your books. So the fewer clicks that people have to make, the better, because we're busy people and people are surrounded by lots of things to do, lots of busy things going on, lots of technology. So make it easy. So if you're putting links from your articles, from your competition entries, from your blog posts, from your guest posts, whatever it is you're using to promote what it is you're trying to promote, make it easy for people to get to where you want them to get to. So I'll give you an example. If you are wanting them to buy your book, then put a link to Amazon because you want them to do one click to Amazon and buy the book. Now, that presents a problem because if you're living in the United Kingdom, you'll automatically want to link back to the UK site, Amazon UK. If you're living in the Netherlands, you want to link to the Netherlands site. So get yourself a universal link. The way that works is that you have a universal link which will direct people to the Amazon store in their own territory. One I use is something called booklinker.net. Very easy to use. You enter the URL for your book in any Amazon store. It will give you a universal link. That's the link you will use in your articles and your entries. And that will link take readers, potential buyers, to their own Amazon store. Isn't that neat? Doesn't that work brilliantly? If you're an Amazon affiliate, which I also am, you can add your affiliate code so you get a little extra income from it. So isn't that good too? Uh, And there's a a second link that I would recommend to people, which is a universal link to all bookstores. So if, like me, Perk in the Pansies is available to buy, as it is, on Amazon and Waterstones and Barnes & Noble and various bookshops, there's a universal link which will take people to a page about your book and it will display for them those stores it is currently available in. Because not everybody wants to buy from Amazon. People want to buy from a different store. And that is something called books2read.com. And they have a a link you just put in. Any link, say, to Amazon for your book, they will then search through the most popular bookstores and provide links within a single page. Yes, that's a great service by draft to digital one of the book distributors. And it provides a great way to have a one-stop shop 
So your readers have one place that they can get all the links to buy your books from. Anyway, we're coming up to time now, Jack. So I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us today. And thanks for all your insights about how to use a blog to promote your book. You've been listening to the How Travel Writers Self-Published Podcast, hosted by digital nomad and travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.